Hi there, I'm Jim. I'm Jen. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Integrated Professional Development here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G. And joining me once again, our Director of Scholarly Teaching, Dr. Jennifer Freeberg. Hi, Jen. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. We are in new environs, in our old environs, yes. in our temporary old environs. Mm-hmm. We finally, uh, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus as we've been working on a lot of other projects here at the Center, uh, especially the transition from ReggieNet to our new Learning Management System Canvas this fall coming up. Stay tuned for podcast episodes about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have set up a new little room to do this recording in. We have a studio now. Yeah, we're no longer in what I used to call Studio G, which was my office <laughs> with the rickety desk and the, and, the, and the air conditioner blowing on the microphones. Right. I don't know if people will uh, hear a noticeable improvement in sound quality because we're still using the same pretty good recording gear that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping it will make editing it a lot easier because there's not as much uh, digital ledger domain that needs to happen in order to make it sound good. Right. But it has been a long time since we've talked, and we were talking today about, you know, not only do we need to start uh, testing out uh, all of this stuff in in order to start producing stuff for the fall, but also the fact that fall's coming... Well, Rapidly. Fri- yeah, frighteningly <laughs> soon. It's a little after the Independence Day holiday when we've decided to sit down to it. And so we, we were talking today about what? Just kind of... Taking a breath and, and thinking about where we are. You know, we've, yeah. we the last several years have been so focused on... Uh, pandemic teaching, coming out of pandemic teaching, and, you know, what what is this space we're in now? You know, where, yeah. where are we? Where are our heads and what what's happening around us in terms of teaching and learning? Can, can we even say post-pandemic? Is that even... I honestly don't know. I haven't gotten a memo on that one way or the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, vaccines are still in the news. There's going to be a new round of them this fall, potentially for some populations and stuff like that. You know, I'm going to be teaching again this fall. I don't mm-hmm. think you're you're going to be teaching again spring. in the spring. Mm-hmm. Th- that'll be another episode. Yes. So, uh, but, you know, I'm teaching incoming freshmen again. In some ways, we're post-pandemic in our teaching. I think we might always be pandemic adjacent. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, and that might not be the right way to say it, but I think, you know, the the impacts of COVID um, to society at large, but but to specifically a higher education are undeniable and, yeah. and probably long lasting. I think we, yeah. we've changed a lot about how we approach um, ourselves, our peers, our students, um, and the work that we do. So that's important to keep in mind because you know, when I think COVID adjacent or pandemic adjacent, I think that, okay, never again am I not going to be prepared to pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on you. Right, me. right. But I think, I think what you're talking about is much more salient, especially for those of us who are thinking about teaching in the fall and we're, we've got a couple of weeks left to, to, or, you know, we, we really need to start working on this at some point, right? Right, right. Um, with your ear to the ground, what have you heard in particular about the impact? Now that we're a year or more out from mm-hmm. returning to, to campus um, and we have students who are starting now who were probably sophomores in high school. Right. Is that, if I'm doing the math correctly? Something like that. I mean, they weren't, you know. Yes. Yeah. So, so actually, freshmen. Freshmen. My was daughter is, uh, will be a college freshman this year, and and COVID was her freshman year of high school. Right. So they had. So it it, it wasn't just you know coasting through your senior year in high school doing online classes where you, if you were typically like me, you weren't paying much attention anyway by that point. Right. But it it was you know it truly it was truly the whammy. 
So what have you heard about the specific impact that we're, we're kind of seeing with that? You know, I think there's different conversations that, that are happening, and, and not all of them are, not all of them touch on anything related to the pandemic. There's, you know, certainly um, we, we're talking more about online learning and online programs because though many students like to be face to face, we had a lot of feedback from our students here on campus that would suggest they liked the flexibility of asynchronous or hybrid classes mm-hmm. um, to accommodate family schedule, work schedule, or other, you know, personal um, priorities or needs. And, and so I think, you know, we're, we're hearing more and more about that. And with Tony Pina being part of our center now and working to build out entirely online programs on behalf of the institution, you know, I think there are a lot of conversations happening around online teaching and learning um, that, that we weren't engaged with quite so much several mm-hmm. years ago. Um, but I, I'm heartened because I think a lot of the conversations that are happening around online teaching and learning now um, are really focused on how to do it well. Right, and right. That I think is is um, you know a really positive uh, focus to think about. How do you harness the technologies in an LMS or other ed technologies that can, you know, support your your pedagogical aims? You know, the things sure. that you want to achieve with your students. So sure. Well, and technology rings another bell. We can talk about in a moment, mm. but um, I think you know where that's going. Yep. But <laughs> but um, what about? What about in the face-to-face class? Because I, I just feel like, okay, so students always change. I love teaching, occasionally teaching this communication course because it's the basic speech course. It's mm-hmm. communication is critical inquiry. It's, mm-hmm. You have to give the three public speeches, but it's for freshmen. Right. It's a gen ed class for freshmen. And so when I teach it in the fall, I teach at 8 a.m., mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I get to say to them, welcome to your first day of college. Right. Okay, for most of them at right. least. But the other part of that is it. I am always fascinated by how different those classes are every couple of years when I teach that course. Sure. That that the freshmen of 2018 were vastly different from the freshmen of 2020. And then... 2023. Yeah, 2023. Yeah. It's going to... And 2022 was very different mm-hmm. when I taught it last mm-hmm. year. And I felt that there was a... And it's not necessarily just COVID-related, as you said. There mm-hmm. are other factors involved as well, including the fact that um, we've had a lot... We've had big freshman classes which we means have. That, and this is a good thing because it means we have a, a more diverse population of incoming students mm-hmm. um, and I also felt I feel like we're we're catching more students who didn't learn how to learn before they got here mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts about that because I had a lot of engagement issues without going into too many details sure and I, I was I was coming into your doorway every yeah. day talking about it. <laughs> well, we've had some really interesting conversations in the center here because so many of us do teach, which I think is a huge asset to to actually have your boots on the ground where you know our people are. And and so we we've been having some really interesting conversations amongst the staff this last year about the realities that um, you know they were facing as instructors in the mm-hmm. classroom, similar to what you're you know, alluding mm-hmm. to for your yourself. And, uh, you know, we, we're professional developers. That's what we do here in this center. And we, mm-hmm. we offer um, workshops and other learning opportunities to, you know, explore evidence-informed instruction. We know how to do those evidence-informed things. We know how to talk about those things, but they aren't working right now. And that's yeah. that's the conversation I keep having is, yeah. yes, I'm doing this. I've developed a syllabus that is responsive. I'm I'm being, um, you know, as as uh, inclusive and accommodating to my students as possible, and yet they don't seem to care about the topic, yeah. about 
you know, the what's happening in terms of the the content in the class. And and that certainly can't be generalized to all students in all classes in all places, but I've heard enough people say my students aren't into this right now. Yeah. Um that I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. What where are we missing as instructors? Cues from our students, uh, feedback from our students that might help us bridge the gaps that we're seeing. I am so glad to hear you say that, actually, because this weekend I was sitting out on the deck and I'm I, it's like, OK, I, I'm not I don't have the emotional wherewithal currently to actually start building stuff in the computer. But I did kind of start doodling, doodling a little bit on the notepad and I pulled mm-hmm. out my syllabus from that I've revised and revised and revised over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job anymore meeting them where they're at Mm -hmm. in terms of their interests, in terms of why they're here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fair. There's a lot of introspection happening right now because there's – in my in my mind, the thing that I love the most about higher education is teaching. I, I yeah. love. I came here to teach. That's what yeah, I me, wanted me, me to too. do. Yeah. And there's um, a, a sense that's really fantastic about leaving a class and thinking, "Wow, that went really well." I feel like the students were connected. They they're asking great questions. I had great participation. Like this went really well. And you walk out of there and you think, "Yay!" You know, this is mm-hmm. why I do this. I love this. And then I, I just get a sense that we're having less of those moments mm-hmm. because we are recognizing that we aren't making those same connections in the same ways. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. I've been really reflecting on a movement that's very strong in uh, the scholarship of teaching and learning uh, called Students as Partners. And certainly, Students as Partners is not new to SOTL. It's just some or new to the world. It's right. it's newer to SOTL, right? Yeah. And so um, this, this idea that... Um, students can be partners in their learning and our teaching in ways that maybe we haven't fully explored ourselves or mm. or even talked about much on this campus. And and I know Mayuko Nakamura and Dana Carricker and David Giovanoli, the you know, some of the professional developers here in the center, we've really started talking about students as partners and how can we harness where the students are now, which you just referred to, as mm-hmm. part of a conversation that we have at the beginning of a semester to say, okay, what what are your expectations? What are your goals for this class? How can we get there and help with that kind of co-creation process? Um, not to um, change the content or adapt um, course learning objectives or anything like that, but really to say, okay, there's different there's different pathways towards the same destination. Mm-hmm. What works? What 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 do you want to see happen in this class? And and have that sense of um, engagement as a co-creator, and you know, in, in, in other words, they're kind of they're kind of having input on the lesson plan before the lesson plan is delivered. A little bit, you know. There's a pretty robust scholarship out there that um, looks at uh, student learning in courses where students have helped plan the course. Okay, and it's actually a, a pretty effective way of of moving forward. And and so I wonder yeah. to bridge that. Um, not really knowing where my students' heads are right now, right. Um, you know, gap or problem, if that might not be a way to bring students to the table in a slightly different way that might help them be more involved, engaged, interested, yeah. um, present. 
Yeah. Present. That's great. It, it's something that we can follow up on as we develop mm-hmm. our approach to it, to kind of start mm-hmm. getting that out in front of our, our instructors here on campus. Well, and I will say, just to tack on, we um, we have on our campus uh, the Provost uh, Innovation Grants. They're, we call them PI Grants, and now I can't remember what the E stands for. Yeah. But um, we here in the center, the, the individuals I just named, Mayuko, David, Dana, and myself, we were awarded a PI Grant for the coming academic year mm-hmm. to establish a student advisory council. Um, So we're going to be engaging with students to get feedback about what's working for them in the classroom, what's not working for them in the classroom. Mm -hmm. We we feel like we engage with instructors full time, but we do want to be able to represent the views of students when we talk to instructors. Sure, because our ultimate mission here is student success. It's Mm -hmm. just that we're taking the route through the instructor. Correct. uh, By working on professional development for them. That's great. Mm -hmm. In my own class, you had mentioned maybe not necessarily changing around the content or something like that. I am thinking, though, because this, in particular, this course, it is it is very logically planned out, and mm-hmm. it has, you know, there are 90 sections of this course that are delivered every semester, right. at least the last few years. Um, and first you learn about com- the basics of communication, then you learn about how to do an informative speech, and then there's group work, mm-hmm. and then we get to the persuasion. And I know some instructors have kind of mixed that up a little bit, but... I'm I'm thinking one way to meet them where they live is to start engaging with the communication that they're probably most engaging with, which is persuasive. It's not just informative. It's not just a, a report on a which is which is you know. So they still have to learn how to how to be good researchers. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have to learn how to be critical thinkers to make critical inquiries. Sure. But I'm in some ways I'm kind of saying, well, why don't we just start? If we break a couple plates along the way, that's fine. Why don't we start juggling now with the mm-hmm. with the really big things, which are as you're walking across campus, as you're walking through life, people are constantly trying to persuade you of something. Something. Mm-hmm. Buy this. Vote for this. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Be afraid of this. Right. All of that stuff. So that's that's as far as I've gotten in course redesign. Sure. Sure. But that's but those are some that's those are some of the things. And then I'm hoping that that will also allow me to early in the semester bring in another discussion with my students, which I need to get bone up on in the next six or seven weeks, which is AI. Mm-hmm. Because this is a class, this was not the class I was originally going to do this fall. Okay. I was going to do my media performance class, which mm. is kind of, AI doesn't come into it that much at right. this point. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So what are you hearing? Well, it depends. I'll give you the lawyer's answer. It depends. It depends who you talk to. Um, there, there tend to be two schools of thought um, that about AI. Uh, that a, it can be used to support learning in the classroom, or b, it's going to be uh, a dangerous sort of tool that could compromise student learning in the mm-hmm. classroom. Mm-hmm. And um, there's probably truth to both sides of that, right? Um, I, I think that you know there are many resources, ours included, that talk about how you can ethically use AI to help support student learning. So for instance, have a first draft written through uh, of an assignment, you know, created through AI, but then students have to go fact check, expand, extend, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is to engage higher learning or, you know, higher levels of cognition and, and things like that. Sure. I mean, and, and people have talked about that now for a little bit. And I think, you know, some of our peers here do that sort of thing. What do you call it? The tricky wicket, though, is is sticky wicket. Sticky wicket. Okay. Yeah. Um, for for all your cliche needs. <laughs> there you are. I'm here. <laughs> the um, you know, what do you do in in cases where you really do need students to generate their own stuff, 
you know, their own intellectual property, not somebody else's, not something that's been, you know, uh, created in a technology space that, you know, is rapidly changing and getting smarter and, you know, all those Mm -hmm. things. So, you know, there's, there's personal feelings about this where it should be positioned in the classroom at the university. Uh, but also I think there there need to be disciplinary conversations too, where we come together right. with our colleagues and say, what what is our expectation as geologists, speech pathologists, communication mm-hmm. experts? You know, what mm-hmm. what where is this going to be positioned in our students' professional lives once they've left here? What skills do they need to leave here with relative to things like AI? Mm-hmm. Um, and and where does that go? Um, I, we certainly haven't resolved that question or, right. or those, that issue, nor has anyone else. No. And so in the short term, one of my goals with this class coming up is to have a conversation about it that is not puritanical and implies the fact that they, I know they're all going to cheat. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be disrespectful to them mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm committed to figure out some way to use it and not just ban it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. also I don't think that works. Right. Right. And, you know, I think there's ways that that you could do that. I mean, I'm I'm going to be teaching a professional writing class when I dip my toes back into. Oh, so you're all. Yeah. okay, there you go. And so I've been thinking a lot about uh, AI and and how that might work. Um, You know, I. I, my disciplinary background is speech pathology, sure. and so I'll be teaching graduate students about professional writing for reports and communications with clients and families and other stakeholders like that. And I started thinking about, gosh, could I have them do a, a press release with AI, but then they have to translate it for this, you know, audience in class right in front of us? Or, you know, what does that look like? Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of possibilities out there if we let ourselves think about um, just approaching what we're trying to accomplish a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in the middle of all of these things. There's no, there's been no history written yet about AI and higher education. Certainly, there's really no history written yet about impacts of pandemics in in higher education. Mm-hmm. So all we can do is move forward, and um, we'll continue to have conversations as we go along this summer. We got our podcasting space back up, and of course, you can always find resources on our website, prodev.illinoisstate. .edu, including um, syllabus language, which we're going to be putting out the call. We haven't talked about this. Mm-mm. We're going to need to put out the call here in a couple days to uh, ask all of our partners on campus if there's any suggested Updates. or recommended syllabus language to get that updated so people can get that in. Although we, we do, we, you know, we, they're constantly updated. And so right. I think if you're working on your syllabus now, there are still some good examples out there of, I agree. Um, on that page. So we have things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also talking, talking about... Uh, um, our fall programming mm-hmm. um, and the consultations we're going to offer this fall. So all of that is coming up, mm-hmm. uh, coming to both a website and a podcast and for those working here at Illinois State, an inbox yes. near you. Well, you know, this this fall is certainly not going to be boring for us here at the center. You know, we right. have uh, Canvas coming. Which... Yeah, we, we managed to go about 15 minutes between references to Canvas. We I'm did. very happy about that. You you know I am as well. Um, <laughs> so we've got that rolling out. But what will be less visible for everyone uh, is the fact that we're also rolling out a whole new registration system for uh, our campus stakeholders who will be coming to participate in our programs. We have... Um, registration system for events here at correct, the center, I should say. Correct. Not student registration. Correct. Yeah. No, not yeah. student registration. Yeah. Um, participant registration. Yes. If you want to come see us, there's going to be a new... new 
new experience for you. Yeah. Um, and so we're testing that, and we have some new collaborations that are really exciting. Um, sure. We're going to be working with the Office of International Engagement to do a year-long uh, cohort program. And so there's all kinds of uh, fun things that will be communicated soon to our campus community, I think, that will, you know, hopefully offer something for everyone. Jen, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Let's Talk Teaching. Again, find out more about our pokey little podcast, about all the services we do here at the Center for Integrated Professional Development, and where you can get help for your teaching. Go to prodev.illinoisstate.edu. For Dr. Jennifer Freeberg and for all my colleagues here at the Center, until we talk again, happy teaching. <laughs>